so that now we can start using this to help hospitals do better. Because right now, hospitals have been doing this anti-bias training, and your listeners can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm deeply skeptical. It hasn't worked. There's been zero accountability, zero transparency. Nobody's checking in to see whether this training is actually improving the experience for those for whom it's supposed to be helping. And so we really are working on the back end to one, embed earth into accountability mechanisms and to learn how we can share this data with hospitals for them to learn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe the place to learn more about how to navigate the healthcare system and how to take care of your health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita Boston-Fisher, a health educator with a passion for meeting people where they are. Our guest today is Ms. Kimberly Seals-Allers. Kimberly is an award-winning journalist, five-time author, international speaker, and strategist for maternal and infant health. She's a leading voice on birth, breastfeeding, and motherhood at the intersection of race, class, and policy. She is the founder of Earth, as in birth but without the B for bias, the first of its kind Yelp-like review and rating app for black and brown women and birthing people to leave and find reviews of OBGYNs, hospitals, and pediatricians as a digital tool to address bias and racism in care and bring transparency and accountability to the medical system. Today, Kimberly explains to us about the genesis of Earth, and share some of what they are learning so far. Let's get to the episode. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, my name is Kimberly Seals-Allers. I'm a journalist by trade and author of five books, a maternal infant health strategist and founder of Earth, a new Yelp-like review and rating platform for Black and brown women and birthing people to find and leave reviews of their OBGYNs, birthing hospitals, and pediatricians. And I'm also the host of Birthright, a podcast about joy and healing in Black birth. So I do a few things. Just a few. (laughs) One or two. One or two. Could you tell us what sparked your interest in maternal health? Because you said you started off in journalism. How did you get down this lane? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I was really just drawn by my own experience. When I became pregnant, I was having a wonderful career in journalism. And I think as a journalist, I probably over-researched myself into all the statistics and facts. And I was completely shocked and very angry to learn what I was learning. I was blessed to not be poor. I was blessed to have been educated. I was actually pregnant while I was finishing up grad school at Columbia and just found it unacceptable that there were not any real answers to what was going on. And at that time, there was a very nascent conversation about race and racism, right? So my first book came out in 2005, The Mocha Manual to a Fabulous Pregnancy, really looking at pregnancy for Black women through this sociocultural lens, not a medical thing trying to make us a problem, but to say, what are the things going on in Black women's lives that may be uh, contributing to their poor outcomes. And that included everything from racism and the stresses of that in our lives and our lived experience, whether that's at work or wherever, to our relationships and finances, to all the things. And so that book really got me started on this path of talking about how pregnancy, childbirth and motherhood and breastfeeding were different for us. And it kind of grew from there. But just as a journalist, I didn't like the answers that were available at that time and really wanted to do something about it. Could you tell us about your birth experience, please? 
Yeah, I mean, I think my birth experience became one of the foundational experiences for Earth because I was at Columbia. I was researching, doing my due diligence to find a good hospital. I was kind of checking in on parents blogs and listservs, all the things they had at that time, which were mostly white female dominated, but didn't really think about that. Looked at the U.S. News and World Report lists and all those other media lists was really trying to do my research. Anyway, went to a highly recommended hospital and really left traumatized, was just like, what's happening? I had a C-section that I still can't explain. Fought to have my baby with me in my room when I was told that was standard practice. I said I was breastfeeding and gave my baby formula repeatedly behind my back. It was just thing after thing. And I was like, wow. And for me to hear my colleagues from work and people that I knew at school have such a opposite experience, it was very striking for me that none of the things that I thought were helpful. And really at that time, I was not yet married. And because I was in grad school, I was on student insurance. And so I was treated like an unwed black woman with basic insurance. And that never, I never forgot that. And it was such a disappointing way to enter motherhood. It really stayed with me. Like, did I do something wrong? How did I fail myself and my baby in having this experience that wasn't at all what I thought it would be. And so that really became the foundational experience for me to start thinking about earth and for me to say, oh, who you are can impact the care you receive and people are not being treated the same way, even at the same place. And I think that has always been in the back of my mind as certainly something that I created Earth to address. I know that you have two children. Did, was, did you have unpleasant experiences with both your children? Well, when I had my son, my second child, I was married and I saw the difference between kind of standing, him standing there and me being a married person, still not ideal, but also my ex-husband, well, we're we're divorced now, but my my, my husband at the time is British. And so like he had the accent, There, there was a lot going on that they just loved. And it was really annoying me. And really annoying me because I knew how I had been treated prior to, and I knew that this idea of being validated by marriage is something that the stereotypes about Black women and Black mothers is very real. And it, it was a slightly better experience, but it was infuriating that was happening. We all have the same quality experience, regardless of if we have someone with a great accent that people will enjoy or not. Exactly. Or if we're married or not. And I think this world makes a lot of judgments about Black people, about Black families, our family size, our child spacing, all these things that is none of anybody's business. And I remind people that Black women birthed children that had economic value, right, during slavery. And ever since our children stopped having economic value, value to white people, they've been portrayed as problematic, right? They've been trying to control our reproductive organs. There's eugenics and all the other forced sterilizations, like all the things they did to stop us from having babies once those babies could not make money for them. I mean, so it's really interesting and frustrating (laughs) to say the least. That it is. And I know you've written many articles on some of the statistics and issues, for example, Even when you control for like education and income, Black women still come out doing far worse than white women. Are there any key topics or disparities that you want to highlight for us quickly in case there's someone who doesn't know what they are in terms of maternal and infant mortality rates? Well, I encourage everybody to Google that. I mean, I think like there's been enough awareness on that and we encourage people to do their own work. But I do think the point that you raise about how college educated black women with degrees 
have worse outcomes than a white woman who didn't graduate high school, right? And so Mm -hmm. the fact that income and class are not protective factors for us as they are with white women is very telling. Also, I live in New York City where the black maternal mortality rate here is 12 times that of white women, 12 times. So there is a standard that is being achieved for some, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is the U.S., so it's not great for everybody, but there is a standard. So I'm like, can we just get what white women are getting, please? We don't want anything extra special, but if we could just get what the white women are getting, we'd be doing a lot better, right? And so we have to start asking the questions about if they can do it for some, why can't they do it for all? Um, And that's why we have to talk about racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's funny, you mentioned that they gave your child formula behind your back. And in the 2018 Huffington Post article you wrote, you mentioned Black babies were nine times more likely to get infant formula in hospital than white babies. And it's just crazy that you would do this after someone has expressed their preferences to you. Yeah, and I think breastfeeding is very complicated, right? First of all, I talk about this in my book, The Big Letdown, like breastfeeding has been associated with good mothering, right? Which has been the white mother narrative. And Black women have been portrayed as desirable for taking care of other people's children. Everybody wants us as as a nanny or a mammy on television, but somehow not portrayed as capable of taking care of our own children, right? So that was the lie that was told about us. And because we haven't been perceived as good mothers, this idea of breastfeeding, which involves feeding your baby from their cues, knowing when your baby is full, kind of being able to measure peas and poops and all these other things that breastfeeding requires, people don't trust Black women to do that, right? And so we see that disproportionately, because we are viewed as a liability, someone who can't be trusted as a mother, they prefer for us to do the things that they can measure. So yeah, I don't trust you to know how to feed your baby with your body. But here's what I do trust. I'm going to pour in this many ounces for you to count back to me. And I can count that. And this way I'm covered because my assumption about you is that you can't be trusted and that you can't do this well. And so we see those high formula supplementation rates among Black women. One of the reasons why I started Black Breastfeeding Week, now we're going on uh, nine years this year, was to reverse this narrative and to start to shed light on the ways that we aren't even being supported or educated, even when we want to. So it's like, are you kidding me? And I remember for my baby, it was written on her little card that's on her isolate that she was breastfed and nobody cared. And that's why you started Earth, I guess, to help people care, to try to highlight this. So can you please explain a little bit about what Earth is and your inspiration behind starting Earth? I, one cool fact I discovered is that you started with your son. My my second child, my math and science kid. So yeah, I had this idea that we needed to actually share these experiences, right? So somewhere between the books, I started really working on the ground with the support of the Kellogg Foundation. They kind of saw my writing and it really challenged me to start testing the ideas and the concepts that I was saying and funded me to go into communities to start doing this work. And the first cities I went to was like Birmingham, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, New Orleans, like in the belly of Black infant mortality to see if some of my ideas could work. And really my ideas was that the actual community had answers, right? As an outsider coming to this space where everybody was looking at evidence-based and I'm like, evidence-based on whom? That, that stuff doesn't even include us. Okay. So Everybody's looking at medical journals. I'm like, those people are racist (laughs) and it's a racist system. Mm -hmm. So I thought that there actually could be answers in the community, which apparently was a revolutionary idea 
based on the fact that the community has always been the place people go to to fix and change, to place they go to save, but that they never thought that the community could save itself. It just needed to be activated with resources. So when I started these projects, first three cities, that went well. I pioneered the concept of first food deserts for people to understand the ways that birth and breastfeeding can be, communities can be lacking resources, right? So I got a bigger grant. We went to Detroit, went to Philadelphia, but on all of these cities, I kept hearing the stories near deaths. I go to funerals. I go to visit people who um, a mom had passed away, like we're passing plate to support the baby who doesn't have a mother anymore. Like every place I went and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I remember sitting there thinking, we, we have to figure this out. And I think in my mind, my first thought was a story bank because I was traveling all over the country. I'm like, we need to put these all in one place. And then that really original idea just evolved into how could it be more than that? Thinking about technology, thinking about this platform. And then, as you said, dealing with my son, who is a big math and science kid, a coding geek, and I would be paying all this money for him to go to these camps every summer. And he would come home and I would understand a word that he was saying. I was like, boy, mama does not speak that language, but he would be so excited. So I thought this would be a great mommy and son project for us to work on together for him to see how uh, we could bridge our worlds. And so we started going to app development classes at NYU. They were free to alum and I went there for undergrad. And so you can imagine, I think he was 12 at the time, but you know, the black mom and her 12 year old son at these app development classes at the Stern School of Business was pretty funny. And so he helped me create those first wireframes. We took those wireframes to the MIT hackathon where we won one of the awards. And that was really a big thing. He'd get up on stages with me. We do our pitch together. We practice, we timed it. And so he was really a big part of creating that. And I've always been so excited that while my birth experience with my daughter really inspired me to think about this issue and really catapulted me into this work that with my son, we got to work on a solution together. So I feel like it comes full circle in terms of me, including my children in my work, which has been pretty exciting. This summer, he worked for the interns who are building the app. So he's been learning a lot and I put him to work. <laughs> That's such a special experience. So you started in the most, I guess, prevalent maternal mortality cities with funding from the Kellogg's. You've got the app built now initially with help from your son and continuing to have help with your son. And now it's launched. It's in the world. People can download it and use it. And what has the reaction been? Well, the reaction has been phenomenal. I mean, our first week, we were definitely dealing with bugs. We had thousands of downloads. And what's even more telling um, is just like the messages that we get, like the desperation people feel that I need to see what's going on. I'm worried. We get those messages every day. And what I'm really excited about Earth, because we have this front end functionality for folks to leave reviews, to search reviews. We definitely want to encourage all your listeners, if anyone has given birth in the past two years, to please leave multiple reviews in Earth. Because on the back end, we're turning those qualitative experiences into quantitative data so that now we can work with hospitals and push for change. We just launched our first hospital pilot in Detroit so that now we can start using this to help hospitals do better. Because right now, hospitals have been doing this anti-bias training and your listeners can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm deeply skeptical. It hasn't worked. There's been zero accountability, zero transparency. Nobody's checking in to see whether this training is actually improving the experience for those for whom it's supposed to be helping. And so we really are working on the back end to one, embed Earth into accountability mechanisms and to learn how we can share this data with hospitals for them to learn. 
So as I let people know, even though we say Earth is Yelp-like, it is not just a free-form commenting space. We do ask really specific questions because we are trying to really break down the details about the types of negative behavior. So we're going to ask, what happened? Were your pain levels dismissed? Diagnostic test delayed? Requests for help? Refused or ignored? Uh, stereotyping? Good comments. There are about 15 that we have there, and we keep adding to them as people report because we need to go to hospitals because providers are saying, we don't know what we're doing. We're not racist. We're not biased. We need to be able to say, hey, we have 10,000 reviews for your hospital and 80% are saying their pain levels are being dismissed. 90% are saying this, 20% are saying that. And here are the qualitative statements of people are, are experiencing. And so we really want to be that translation, be that bridge. We can get this bias away from an abstract notion, social science. Let me just sit and take an online test. No, these are the behaviors that are disrespectful to your people. And we feel like that needs to be hyper-local. As I tell people, racism in New York City looks different from racism in Mississippi. And so mm -hmm. hospitals need hyper-local information that reflects their community and what that looks like for them instead of this one-size-fits-all approach. I really love that. And my guess, based on interactions I've had with other people, when you kind of try to say, hey, there's a problem here, is that sometimes they get very defensive. Oh, we don't do that. And it sounds right. like you've come out in front of that by saying, look, if we can get, I guess, enough crowdsourced information, then you can't say that was an isolated one-off and she's just a sensitive person. As a kid say, we are bringing receipts. So we are going to be counting and bringing the receipts because you're right. They are very often like, well, it's a one-off. They try to explain it away. But what happens when we have five, 10,000 experiences, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we need to scale for them to pay attention, which is very sad, but we know that's what we need to make it happen for them to take notice. And then we are going to be publicly sharing information. We want to celebrate those who are doing well, hospitals that are consistent getting good reviews. We do want to celebrate them. We do want to let our community know about that. And we also need to learn like if what's going on there that could potentially help others. There are lessons to be learned that could be replicated. And then for those who aren't doing well, what needs to be in place? And so ultimately my vision for Earth is that it becomes our good housekeeping seal of approval and that being Earth approved is something that a provider can earn through consistently good reviews, but also taking our training courses that we will be developing based on the lived experience of care in their community and ultimately the hospital accreditation that we can look for. I don't want anyone to go to a provider or hospital that's not earth approved. And that's the goal that we are going to demand that they answer to us mm -hmm. and that they have credentials that we value that are based on our lived experience and not based on some organization's tools that haven't even included us. For the hospitals that you have worked with, interacted with so far, has it been a tough sell or are they excited about this concept? Well, it's certainly a mixed bag. I would say it's definitely more of a tough sell. When the minute that we say that they can't comment, they just amaze. They're like, wait, what? And because hospitals have been censored for far too long, they believe that everything must include them. And we're like, yeah, no, it doesn't include you. It's a community-centered tool that you can learn from, but you will never see a hospital or a doctor responding to reviews in Earth. And that is very troubling to them. I'm like, yeah, we actually believe Black people and brown folks too. 
I know it's remarkable, but this is what's happening. Um, this is what we're doing. And that gives people pause. And I remind people like racism is also about power. There's been a power dynamic at play in our healthcare system that these hospitals have dominated. That's why it's so important that we lean into our power, which is our consumer power to help move this industry because these we can do all the anti-bias trainings in the world, but that won't shift the power dynamics. And that power dynamic is another reason why we're disproportionately dying. I noticed though that midwives and doulas can leave reviews in the app when I was playing around with it. So how do you balance that? Because that is a care provider that's getting to put some reviews. Yeah. I mean, we view doulas and midwives as part of the solution. Also, one of the things I found when I was working in all these cities was that doulas always knew where to go, where not to go. And they would whisper it to their clients, don't go there. Right. And I was like, okay, this is like some secret underground railroad thing for birth. And we need to lift up their knowledge. And so while right now there's a lot of attention on the role, the valuable role that doulas play for that individual birthing person or that mom, they are also, they have great community value. They are our community watch for birth. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that their opinions and what they say about a hospital or provider is also included. So it's not just me. You have doulas. You have people who work in hospitals. Nurses can leave reviews as well, just mm -hmm. not doctors and hospital staff. So for the community to see really a 360 review, we also accept reviews from fathers and birthing partners It's so that we can give a full picture of what's happening at this hospital from many different vantage points. And in the app, you will see a special icon for a doula or a hospital nurse midwife review, because we do want users to see those, perhaps give them more rating in their own judgments, and then go from there. And I will mention just quickly for the viewers, in case anyone doesn't know, doula attended births have better birth outcomes compared to when the doula is not there. So that's part of why this is so valuable. And yes. also the app, when I was playing around in it, I see that you can leave for infant care too. Can you explain a little bit about that aspect of the app? Up until baby is one, because we know that what's happening on the maternal mortality side is also happening on infant mortality side. There was a, st a study came out maybe a few months ago showing that black infants were dying disproportionately at the hands of white doctors. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so we want to track this whole perinatal period. I think that there's a lot to learn down the road about our experiences of bias across the spectrum, but we need to be keeping track of who's treating our babies as well, because that's an important thing for the community to know. So I didn't want to leave the babies out. <laughs> They're really important. And that we also have places for people to search to see what pediatricians are looking like in their community. Very important. And now that Earth has been out for a few months, what is the data showing? What are you learning from what you've gotten so far? So we're learning so much. In fact, we're going to be releasing some kind of soft data soon. When we look at some of the most reported negative behaviors, consistently ignoring and we requests for help is always very high. And that's deeply troubling. Dismiss dismissing about pain, ignoring requests for help, always very high in our numbers. And it's really disturbing. It's really disturbing. So we're learning a lot about what are the behaviors that are disproportionately being reported. The other thing that's really important with the work we do on the back end is that right now, many folks and many states do have these. They're also doing maternal mortality review boards, right, which are important. However, 
They only review it when someone dies. And I'm like, why are we only trying to solve this problem from the grave when we can learn from the living? And so what we want to be able to do is learn from the living, which makes much more sense to me, and be able to find these frequency of negative behaviors as a way to prevent an adverse event, right? So for example, we both know that in many of the maternal death stories, there's been dismissiveness about pain. Mm -hmm. Someone was asking for help, saying showed up at a hospital, perhaps was sent away. Yeah. And so how do we look at the frequency of that? This is our early warning detection system, right? That we can go to a hospital and say, hey, you're getting a lot of these and these disproportionately lead to an adverse event. You need to clean that up. And so we really want to also use what we're learning as a way to kind of pin down and work with hospitals around particularly those behaviors that we know have led to near deaths and deaths disproportionately and then get them to clean up their act overall, which is the goal. And so that's the work that we definitely want to do across the spectrum that include what's happening with our babies. And I think that's important work to be done. And you say that, and I think of Serena Williams, I think who was the most popular version of that, that really brought it to the forefront for people who don't track this regularly. All the money in the world at a hospital can speak for herself and still you have to fight. It's really frustrating. Yes. And I remind people she was there with her white billionaire husband. Oh, had to fight. Yeah. It's like, what does it take? What does it take for us to be respected and heard? And so I think the ways that we know that we can share our story and our strength is in numbers is important. I know that something that's big for you and that you've referenced a lot through this interview is holding them responsible. How do you think that we'll actually be able to do that? Is it through fear of their reputation? Absolutely. That is really one of the only two things that they care about. I mean, I would like to believe that everyone is driven by the mission, but the data proves otherwise. So I do know that people care about their reputation and people want to be the best. And I said this recently, like we're hoping that we could by publicly sharing who's doing well and who's not, that we can start a race to the top. We want hospitals and doctors to want to be earth approved, to want to be something that the black and brown community looks up to and values, but that won't happen until we have our strength in numbers. So that is very important to me. And I think that we live in a consumer system, which has many gaps and failures, but we need to use it to our advantage and kind of leverage our consumer forces. And I will say that I understand that not everybody can vote with their feet and find another doctor because of our healthcare system being so broken, but we do want to check with your community. And if you see that it's not looking good, then what else might you need to put in place? Do you need to get a doula? How can perhaps the father or someone else be trained? Like what are the other things? So even when you may not be able to change your doctor, we think that there is power in knowing so you can be better prepared. Unlike me, who just went there with a high expectation, completely clueless, right? And so Mm -hmm. at least in the knowing, there can be preparation, empowerment, we hope, and details. And the other thing I want to say about consumer power is right now, Earth is prioritizing Black and Brown folks. We have asked white women not to leave reviews. They do all the time anyway, it's fine. But you know, in the near future, part of my vision for Earth is that white women will use their consumer power as well. We want white women to look at Earth reviews, and I hope that they will say, hey, if a provider hospital is not treating Black or brown women well, I'm not going there either. And so how do actually we engage white women to use their consumer power to download Earth and say, hey, I was checking out your Earth reviews and they're not that great. That's a problem for me, Mm -hmm. right? 
And so now Earth becomes a tool for all women to use our consumer power in service of those who are being disproportionately harmed by the system, right? And so that's the other layer to how we kind of pull in the consumer forces is also asking white women to engage and to use it um, in their own advocacy and in their own decision-making. I love that. But wouldn't there be a benefit to them leaving reviews in that now you have that stark, literally black and white difference of like, well, look, same hostel, same doctor. Yes. And that's definitely a value. And we want to be able to show those distinctions because some places can be crappy to everybody, which also needs to be revealed. Our first priority is our community. And so we wanted to take steps that we prioritize creating a safe space for black and brown birthing people first, and then we'll worry about the data later. But you're absolutely right. And that is something that we know and consider. It's just a matter of time and sequencing around what's what are our priorities at this time. Are there any myths and misconceptions that you often hear and would like to dispel around Black maternal mortality or infant mortality or breastfeeding, which is your dear heart, I know? <laughs> breastfeeding is my dear heart. Well, I think some of them that you mentioned, I think that it, because there's been such a strong narrative problematizing Black women and mm-hmm. saying this was happening to us because we don't get prenatal care, we have high blood pressure, we're overweight, we don't eat, we do all the things that have made us to be the problem and never looking at the system that we have to work hard to reverse that narrative and say, it's not us. Dr. Joy Perry always says, it's it's racism, not race. There's nothing about us that's wrong. And we really have to start having these these really deep conversations because that story has been out there for so long. It's ridiculous. And I think the other thing that's important is just tempering this doom and gloom narrative in Black maternal health, right? And that's why I started Birthright Podcast to really, because I was becoming increasingly concerned about the negativity, always the negative statistics. They only are highlighting death stories and that people were getting afraid. I get the emails all the time from mamas, from husbands and, and fathers, afraid for their wives, afraid for their girlfriends, afraid for their children's mother. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, hey, fear has been used as a tool to control Black people in this country for years. Actually, it's how they got us here. So we don't need to be in a fear space about birth because that's another way of trying to control our reproductive powers. And so I started Birthright as a way to show positive Black birth stories for us to say, again, we can learn from positivity and not just learn from the the negative and the deaths. And so on Birthright, I center positive Black birth stories, however someone defines positive. And we also host healing journeys. So we sit down, we just did one last week with two Black moms who did have birth trauma, and we got them with a therapist and try to start a healing journey. And I think that is important that we start demonstrating what healing looks like. The fact of the matter is that we're not going to be able to prevent all the harms in this system right now, but we can heal and we can have tools for healing ourselves. We can be a demonstration of what healing could look like in our community. And so that's what I'm really excited about as well is the healing journey that we all need to be on so that we don't get trapped into this harm and this fear-mongering narrative, which I think is really doing a lot of damage to Black people. I love the Birthright podcast, by the way. I get goosebumps when I listen to those episodes, especially the one with, I I forget her first name, but her last name was Cedars Gators. And she was talking about that experience in the OR with her two midwives and her husband. And it's so 
awesome. Yeah, it was a great, she had an all black birthing team. And it was so interesting about Maureen's story because she shared it on Twitter and it really went viral because people needed to see that. And some of the comments, people were just like, oh my God, it is possible. And you can really see the need for there to be a different narrative. Like people are hungry and desperate to see anything that's positive because all we hear is a negative. And that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Do you have any tips or recommendations for moms? What do they do when they feel a little bit stuck, I guess. They've expressed their concerns. They still feel like they're not being heard, but you know, I'm here now. (laughs) I'm going to give birth. Any suggestions on how they can push for themselves in those situations? Yeah. I mean, it's really important. One of the things I always tell people, and this goes back to our conversation about this consumer approach is like, you should be interviewing your doctor early on. Having this conversation at the hospital is way too late. And I encourage people to put on their consumer hat and you need to interview this provider like you would your hairdresser because we don't play with that, right? You need to ask all the questions, find find out about their C-section rates, how many vaginal births they have supported, ask the questions on the front end because being a smart consumer on the front end, if check that vibe. If you feel like this person is not answering your questions on visit one, don't go back for visit two if you can. And then if you cannot change, think about what other supports you can have in place. So one of the most important things we can do is to start our investigation and our interrogation and our interviewing much sooner. We can't wait to the birthing hospital because quite frankly, at that point, is too late, right? And so how do we make sure that we have providers who are actually aligned with us? Secondly, I encourage people to look into midwifery models. If a childbirth center is available to you and you're having a low-risk pregnancy, please look into out-of-hospital options. The fact that birth has become a medicalized event is a uniquely American phenomenon, right? In every other country, people give birth with midwives, but only in America do we give birth in a hospital, which is for sick people, And technically with a surgeon, it's it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. So what are your options for a childbirth center, midwifery care and doulas? Another thing that I tell people that doulas, yes, they can be there for you to be the warrior, but the most important part thing that they do is the education, right? I had a C-section because when they started saying the, the scare talk, I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know about my body enough to know what to say. And so I was just like victim to whatever they were telling, whatever they said had to happen. But the education that doulas provide for that woman, for her partner, for her husband is incredible. So that when people come at you sideways with crazy things, you actually have knowledge, which has been taken from us about how our bodies work. What's the process? What you know about has been the pattern. Like you have knowledge. And I don't want people to think about doulas only in in their warrior capacity and, and forget about the education. So even if a doula doesn't show up for you at the birth, you can use that time to be educated in a way that would allow you to now walk into that space in in a different mindset and with a different level of self-advocacy for yourself that's based on knowledge, right? That's number two. We also offer a uh, free uh, ebook at earthapp.com that folks can download. It's called Birth with Earth, a mini guide for pregnancy and travel for Black people. And we do have a bunch of suggestions in there. But the other thing that I tell people is when you're going to a hospital, when you're packing your hospital bag and you're doing your hospital research, you need to get the names of the people in charge, like the chief medical officer, the hospital president. Those are the names you need to be dropping. And I, I have been in situations where I have been sending emails for friends on my phone like 
Oh, okay. That's what's happening. All right. Well, we're about to be emailing the president of the hospital right now. Right. And so who are the names and the people that actually matter? Unfortunately, it's not the patient liaison, although that's a per- that's an important person to always contact, but you need to have the names of the people who are in charge and let them know that you have no problem calling them right now, emailing them right now. Like you need to kind of activate you know, the call the manager strategy, as I call it. And we know, I mean, I'm the black person who loves to call a manager. So (laughs) (laughs) we definitely need to think about that as one of our tools for us to be aware of who they actually care about. And it's unfortunately not us, but when we can show our knowledge of the system and who they report to, that's another thing that we can add. And there are also great models out there about ways to ask questions. The coalition, the Black Coalition for Safe Motherhood has, I think it's ACTT, a system. So there are great tools out there for learning different ways to ask questions and what are some of the things that you can do. But ultimately, as I'm here for holding the system accountable and not leaving it up to Black people and Brown folks to save themselves. But those are some of the things that I certainly advise. Thank you. Those are amazing tips. Any plans to go international with Earth? We do plan to go international with Earth. Likely the UK will be our next stop next year as what's happening in the UK is in terms of Black maternal mortality rates are starting to mirror the US and similar dynamics around racism. Certainly they aren't really as advanced in their conversation about racism. And I think that it's important for there to be yeah, tools, any place Black people are, for them to see how other folks like them are, are, how they are experiencing a provider or hospital. And as we wind down, do you have any closing thoughts? Good health can't happen when racism and bias is permeating, pervasive, and deadly. And so for us to have a conversation about good health requires a conversation about racism in all the ways it shows up in our care. So I thank you for giving some time and attention to this issue in Black maternal health, Black infant health, but also the ways that racism impacts health across the board. Yeah, it's a social justice issue. It's a health issue. It's a public health issue. And we're not going to achieve anything good on the health front until we start talking about inequities. Thank you. And how can people help you and help Earth? Apart from filling out the reviews and the app in their area, is there anything else that would be really helpful as you grow this? Well, thank you so much for that question. Certainly right now, we need more reviews. And so anyone who could spread word, if someone is actually listening and they work with moms, either as a doula or lactation consultant or a childbirth educator, we have Earth cards that we can mail out that have our QR code. So we can mail those out to anyone free of charge. So we definitely need help spreading the word. Please check out the merchandise that we have for Earth at earthapp.com. It's part of how we support our ongoing work. So we love for folks to check out our t-shirts and tote bags and things like that. How can people follow you? Well, they can find me at I am K Seals Allers. That's I A M K Seals Allers on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. They can follow the Earth app on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And please check out birthrightpodcast.com. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like us, subscribe, listen to those stories. They are great for the soul. And also check out the Birthright Podcast YouTube page where you can see our live episode where we did the restoration, which is our healing episode, as well as some other interviews there. So the Birthright Podcast YouTube page and Earth has a YouTube page as well. Well, thank you so, so much for coming to the Good Health Cafe. It was truly an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you gave birth in the United States recently, 
please download the Earth app and leave a review. It's currently available for download in the Google Play and Apple App Store. Earth right now has reviews from 47 states plus Hawaii. So please go on in and share your experiences in the app. A few quick announcements. On June 17th at 3 p.m., I'm going to be hosting a webinar on the key elements of patient-provider relationships. This webinar is completely free. If you work anywhere in the provision of healthcare, I encourage you to sign up for this free webinar to learn more about this important topic. Second, don't forget to check out the Good Health Candle Company if you're interested in scented soy candles free of parabens and harmful phthalates. You can learn more at goodhealthcandle.com. And finally, please let me know what you think about the podcast. Are you enjoying it? Are there things that you want to hear more of or less of? Do you have a favorite episode? Please fill out the contact us form on thegoodhealthcafe.com to let me know what you think. I love hearing from you and I reply to every message I receive. All the information I have referenced can be found in the show notes. Until next time, see you in the cafe later. Bye!